is to to have this discussion out of out of you know. I could talk to you for free, damn it. <laughs> and on on that note, you're listening to <laughs> after the eighty fourth week. <laughs> Uh, this is a wrestling podcast where myself, Dr. Damien Gibson, thank you very much, uh, and Sir Matthew K. Fabe go through the supposed awfulness of WCW um, and uh, watch it for ourselves and make our own decision. We don't let Vince McMahon tell us what to do, goddammit. And today we're talking about uh, Spring Stampede, maybe the worst name for a pay-per-view. Was it the worst pay-per-view in history? Only time will tell. Mr. Kayfabe, how are you? Sorry, Sir Kayfabe. Yeah. How are you? Please get- What's been going on? And can you answer this question for me? What else have you been watching that's not WCW related? Uh, I But wrestling related I watched, in the last little I bit. I watched the, uh, the Stone Cold Cody interview. Oh, I couldn't bring myself. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happens? What, what, well, what? It's 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 quite interesting because it's it's sort of like part of the problem is, you know, Stone Cold was a, a mark back when they were sort of like tough and interesting, and you know, he was a technical guy. Then he sort of broke his neck, and then he became a character guy, and. You know, there, there were. He was a a wrestling fan, but now wrestling fans are mm. not the kind of people you. And I say this as someone who despises professional wrestling um, myself, but they're not the kind of people you'd like to necessarily uh, speak uh, see, see wrestling other people because, like, the problem is Cody has everything, and I think we discussed this when we used to do AEW. He has everything. Mm. He has the look. He has, you know, he's as good as John Cena at physically wrestling. He's just Mm. missing. He looks like he is playing a wrestler on a TV show, which he is. But the problem is he looks like he is. And, you know, certain people don't. You know, MJF somehow doesn't. CM Punk doesn't. Adam Page doesn't. Uh, plenty of people on this uh, on this pay per view. You know, Lapaka does not look like he's playing a wrestler on a TV show. <laughs> and you get this vibe from him that he's got. He has sat there and figured out how he can be the most valuable person to WWE, and he can do. Uh, you know, reality TV shows and he can go on the Today Show and he can have a a conversation about wrestling from the 70s. He can have a conversation about wrestling from the 80s, 90s. Uh, He can talk really intellectually, really impressively about what he's doing now. And boy, is it not a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I can't, if I say anything, it'll just be negative. There's no point, you know, like I'll, I just, I, I can't, <clears throat> I don't, I got nothing, you know, 
like the one thing, look, I'll give WWE, this is one positive that I can say. WWE fought a lot longer than I thought they would are treating him like a big deal. Mm. But I, if I'm the, the cynic in me is that they are doing that so they can get MJF, Hangman Adam Page, Sammy Guevara, anyone else that they want to get their hands on. They can point to Cody and say, we didn't, we didn't bury Cody. See, I th- look at the way we treated Cody when he got. I across. actually think it's it's bigger than that. I think in WWE, Cody is a big deal. He's exactly the kind of of wrestler they want. Someone who can get through a match and survive it, but can do really, really well. You know, on Kathy Lee Gifford's morning show. You know, be really charming. Mm. You know. For five minutes, uh, you know it's 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 is he boring as fuck in the ring? Yes. Has he had good matches? Yes. Like it's just he's he's Cena, but a little bit less big. You know, like I just he can wrestle well with other good wrestlers. I mean, the match that he the latter match he had with Sammy Guevara just before he left was pretty pretty phenomenal. Oh yeah, and the and even that Seth Rollins match. At WrestleMania was the best match on the night, which technically isn't saying a lot. But for <laughs> WWE, Seth and Cody had a really good match. I mean, he's the he's well, the not, three, I'm not being he's I know the that three sounds star like I'm being general. Dismissive, but it's for a reason. Like that's that's why he's the three <clears throat> star general. He's not going to have Kenny Omega matches. He's not going to have Seth yeah. Rollins matches. But you know, he can carry a he main has, event feud. It, it seems. Yeah, it seems to me uh, that he lived his life like a candle in the wind. No, uh, it seems to me that he has... <laughs> Sorry, just so people know, um, you're actually referencing the 1998 uh, English Rose version, not the not the Marilyn Monroe goodbye. version. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, A.W. Rose. <laughs> um, no, he obviously wants to act and stuff. Like, uh, he has been... He's been a semi-recurring character across all those CW... Um, DC shows that you would have to be an absolute loser to watch. Um, <laughs> and so he keeps showing up. I can't remember which villain he plays, um, but anyway, he plays a villain, and he's been like, he's been on the Green Arrow, he's been on the Flash. So he obviously has, you know, he tried to kickstart his own reality TV show in a like when he was in AEW. He wants mm. to be that guy. Like he wants to, do, he wants to do all the things that WWE can afford you. So I'm at the point now. I was like, all right, man. I don't know why you went off and made. It, it just, it does kind of reinforce. Like, I, what, what's going on here? Like, were you being honest when you were super excited about setting up A and W and stuff, or was that just all bullshit to get back to here, or has it just been like, oh, you just changed your mind? But I also, I can genuinely say this. Since WrestleMania, I have not thought of Cody once. Well, the, and this is... Except when we've spoken about him. I don't... Like, when I watch AEW, I don't miss him. I don't think about him. I don't... Occasionally, I'll see something on Twitter where it's like, oh, he hasn't been buried there. Yeah, that's that's good. The, there was like, sort of know, a... He's in the title picture. He's doing stuff with Seth. Great. There was a really interesting insight into the way his mind works and the fact that it is a, he has a really binary view, I think, of, like, he's talking about, you know how he he felt that he'd been sort of, you know, guys like Arn were telling him that he'd been too selfless, however you want to take that, whatever. But he, he particularly focused on the fact that he didn't, you know, he cut himself out of the, the world title picture. 
all I when that happened when when he lost that match and therefore couldn't challenge for the world title again, I was like, oh, this is a fantastic way mm. to turn this guy who's obviously a heel into a heel. His name's the American Nightmare, not the American Dream, uh, <laughs> and somehow you know somehow. He takes it as a, well, now I cannot ever be in the title picture. I have cut myself out of that. And it's like, buddy, you like, he just doesn't see the, you know, the, the opportunity that he could have because he sees his character and himself as almost the same thing. Yeah, well, that's insane. So um, <laughs> it's probably a good thing that he's moved on. Uh, I finally, finally got round to. Um, do you ever have you ever? I'm sure you've had this in your life where there's been something that everybody loves, and 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 in particular your friends are like, you will love this thing. I remember it with South Park with me. Uh, I remember the Strokes when the Strokes first hit. Like I had friends who were like, oh, you listen to the Strokes, and I didn't listen to them for like two albums, and then eventually oh listened to God. them. Like, Oh, they're my favorite. There is, I was going to say there is nothing. Uh, no, I listen. There is. I listened to "Is This It" on my way to work the other day, and I was like, I can't listen to that without having you in the back of my head. Despite the fact that I'm not sure we've ever discussed the strokes, at least not "Is This It." No, I love the strokes. <laughs> like I love the strokes. It, it was like six months after. I'm I'm exaggerating for comedic effect, but it was like I remember buying it well after everyone had stopped thinking about it and listening to it and then being that guy that was like, man, that Strokes album is really good. And people were like, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, I felt like the Will Ospreay, John Moxley match uh, at Windy City Riot, which happened, God, five, six weeks ago now, um, was the wrestling match equivalent of that. And of like with the people in it, it makes sense that people were like, hey, man, have you watched this match yet? Because they, you really like these guys and this match is pretty fucking sick. Um, and it is, but it's still not my favourite match of the year. So um, I can understand why it's in people's match of the year uh, lists mm. and, and all that sort of thing. And Osprey, I feel like it was a real star turn for Osprey. I, I know he's had a lot of those across his career, but this was – he was essentially matching Moxley in doing Moxley's thing. You know, it was blood and guts and gore and, like – I don't like using the term hardcore because it kind of feels dismissive of what those guys do. Like it's strong style, like really strong style, I suppose. Um, and I didn't really know Osprey could do that, and he, which I know was the whole story of the match. But um, like I loved it. It would be in my top five matches once we come to the end of the year, I'm sure. But it just didn't. It couldn't lodge FTR versus the Briscoes from from top spot for me. But uh, Osprey, like. You just, if you're Tony Khan or Vince, you've got to, you just got to be stockpiling money to buy Will Ospreay, right? Like, I just, you can't, like, I th the, I think for periods of time they were like, like, oh, is he that good a talker? Or like, can he go to the, you know, could he be a, a heavyweight champion? I think he's answered all of those. Like, over the pandemic era, he's bulked, like, he went back home, he bulked up. His promos get better and better every time I see him, especially as a heel. I would be, I wouldn't even, this, all right, here's, how's this for a stupid Damien statement? I wouldn't even worry about MJF. I would go and get Will Ospreay. No, that's, that's and, actually and invest insane. In Will Ospreay. If MJF wants to, <laughs> if, 
if MJF wants to bang on and on about going to WWE, cool, man. I'll just replace you with fucking Will Ospreay and he'll be a thousand times better than you. You are so insane. He'll be better in ring. He'll be better on the mic. Like, see you later. You, this is, this is. Bye-bye. They are almost certainly working, but you are such a, like, you are such a company man that you're like, MJF can get fucked. Like, fuck him. Uh, yeah. Even though this yeah. is a, a meta storyline. Uh, Will Ospreay, I agree. Look, would you know what, Maxwell? You did your job. You put Wardlow over. We appreciate that. You're a solid hand. Well done, Max. You did a really good job of putting Wardlow, the superstar, over. And now you can go. You want to go earn some money in NXT? That's great. Look, I think... Uh, go have some matches with Cameron Grimes in NXT. You man. love Cameron Grimes. Enjoy it. I do love Cameron Grimes, but it's not the big time, is it? I... Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you'll get... <laughs> like you will get, you'll get sent across there. You know what I mean. And within six months, you'll be, you'll be fighting Cameron Grimes for the North American we Championship. <laughs> you have so need on NXT you, level up. You have so needlessly <laughs> turned on MJF. There is no reason for this. The uh, I agree with yes. you that Will Ospreay. I would love to watch the feud between him and Andrade as they fight for the Andrade Osprey family office and who controls it. Uh, <laughs> no, no. You know how to. Tony no, Kaplan does want, not I, debut people well. He did it once, and that person was the uh, biggest, he, mm, like, living wrestling, uh, uh, wrestlinger. Punk and Brian. Well, that's who I Punk and Brian debuted well. Cole debuted well as well. Ruby yeah, Wyatt Punk, debuted well, and Punk then and Brian Mox was a Mox was a good debut. That was a good debut. So okay, so if Osprey does get signed by WWE and spends five to ten years there, Tony Khan will debut him in the most phenomenal way. <laughs> if not, we'll get a graphic saying he's coming uh, to Rampage. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it was um, it was a fantastic match. I, I just uh, I don't know what's going on because I watched a little bit of the next uh, New Japan Strong pay per view. I suppose is what you would call these things, um, and just the video and sound quality is really poor, like really poor. Uh, and yeah, I don't know why I'm throwing NWA under the bus, but if your sound and like picture quality is worse than NWA, uh, you know I love NWA. But if it's worse than that, then you've really got, like you can't be charging $30 a pop Australian for things mm. and then having levels, like we have better sound than those guys do at the moment. That's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> a- but that match was very good. So it is worth the $30 to see the match. But, um, yeah. But that's it. I don't, you know, I've watched a bit of AEW. I haven't been blown away by AEW the last couple of weeks. It's been fine, but there's been a few things that I haven't been overly happy with. Yeah, you've hated all the really good MJF stuff because you're like, just fuck off to NXT, level up. Yeah, off you go. Enjoy the two, <laughs> enjoy 205 Live, Max. That's where Vince will end up putting you. <laughs> I I just want to enjoy superstars. I just want to state that I think that if MJF were to go to WWE, he would be a huge star. Uh, I don't think he is, but he would be. He's he's pretty good. 
Nah, fuck him. Get off spray him. <laughs> All right. So let's. <laughs> Sammy Guevara can fuck off as well. Um, With his girlfriend. Let's get... <laughs> With his girlfriend. I could kiss girls if I wanted I to. I saw someone. I think it was Sidgwick from uh, What Culture tweeted a couple of days ago. He's like, because he'd been, he'd obviously been rabbiting on about WWE, and he was like, in the sake of fairness, I think the TNT booking over the last three or four weeks has been sexist, misogynist bullshit, and I hate it. So there, <laughs> hashtag AW Dynamite, hashtag AW Rampage. It, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's hard to argue with it's that. Been pretty bad. I do. I do like Scorpio Sky more now than I did at the beginning of it, though. So has it worked? Question mark. Who knows? Anyway, this isn't an AEW podcast. It's a bloody WCW podcast. And um, we're talking about Spring Stampede 1998. Uh, I just thought I could set the scene a little bit here um, just in case because we're going to be putting these out monthly and people might have forgotten what's what's happening. The main storyline running through this, as usual, is the NWO, right? Like it's basically... We're starting to see the fractious nature nature of NWO, and that the there's a Hollywood faction and there's a Kevin Nash faction. We're hurtling towards the and this the split. And th- this is essentially the story. I don't. Do you like? Because uh, WCW, one thing I like with their storytelling is that they will really push the main story throughout. A whole event. So, like in this in this pay per view, they're constantly talking about Nash and Hogan, Nash and Hogan, Nash and Hogan, and I quite like that because I like the uniformity of the storytelling by everybody. Like everyone's on the same page. But I'd just be interested to know whether you think that's taking away from all the other stories that are happening, or does it help build up the main event? I believe you used to call it poochieing, like a you know. When Poochie's not on screen, we ask where Poochie is. Uh, I, I Look, I, I definitely think that there were great things happening sometimes that the announcers were basically ignoring in order to be like, and soon we're going to have uh, the, the man with no hips, Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, in the ring with the man with no <laughs> knees, Kevin Nash. Uh, you know, like there was, there was some, there was some ignoring going on that probably shouldn't have been. But I actually, I didn't think it was that bad. I, I like, you know, I thought it was. I thought it definitely made it feel important. Yeah, I suppose that's what I like about it is that whether it's done, whether the one thing I think we can say about all of the WCW stuff that we've watched so far is that they do really try and make the main stories feel important. Whether they execute the stories well or not is a different thing, mm. but they are at least trying to put the main story front and centre all the time, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. I think it builds up the main event quite a bit. You know, like I think I think it worked on me because by the time I finished this pay-per-view i really enjoyed it and and i was literally like i can't wait to see what happens with this story next you know and i was like i got hooked in like at first i was like kevin nash is the bad guy and then i was like 
Well, actually, no, I think Hulk Hogan is the bad guy. <laughs> like I And I almost went to watch Nitro straight away. And I had to stop myself and be like, dude, that's five hours of WCW wrestling in a row. That's I, I, I too considered much. it as well. I was I, I did think like this pay-per-view was a best case scenario AEW pay-per-view in some ways. Like there was absolutely phenomenal wrestling and character work that happened for about two hours. And then there was uh, 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 some not great in-ring work with massive stars that everyone in the crowd was really excited to see that happened for about half an mm. hour. Uh, and it was, I thought it was, it was, yeah, I really enjoyed it as a, as a whole. Like if, if are we going to delve down into the things we liked? Is that what we're? Well, just quickly, yeah, before we do that, let's jump into some news. Uh, this is oh, only a couple of little things, but they're both so hilarious. I, I had to bring both of them up. Um, yeah, we'll go with this one first. Eric Bischoff says that CM Punk is the biggest financial flop in wrestling history. I think Eric's going to be fantastic for our podcast because he obviously <laughs> says something stupid every three days uh, and I can report on it on <laughs> this podcast. Um Eric knows he ran WCW, right? Uh he has has he forgotten that? But he's just he's just <laughs> doing this for uh you know to get to get uh you know people like us cranky. I I always give uh Eric a little bit of a of a free pass cuz I do love him. But like he you know <laughs> Look, has has CM Punk, uh, you know, earned a bunch of money for Tony Khan? I don't have the slightest fucking clue. <laughs> Probably not. But um, I think on T-shirt sales alone in that first week, they would have almost made their fucking money back. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They they obviously earned a bunch of money off it. The, the Look, the ratings haven't changed, but the houses they're playing – also no. haven't like you know if they if they were still rolling with their original if 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 you know the undercard was Joey Janela and Serpentico against Doctor Luther, uh, and the you know and the, <laughs> and the main event was you know Chris Jericho <laughs> and and Mox to be unfair to Mox, it it they you know they wouldn't be selling out arenas, even smaller, you know, stadiums and things at this point. They would be a much, much smaller company. Punk is in, is yeah, the most important well, person they have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think Brian Danielson can probably go into that basket as well. I'll attempt to say something um, intelligent in this rather than just cracking the shits and <laughs> saying I hate Eric Bischoff. <laughs> That's good because uh, I understand he's got podcasts. I have and a podcast and stuff to say. I have something that will it's drop a you in... fucking mental. So after you say this, I'm well, going to drive a... you mental. But it's a long term investment, right? Like all of the talk about AEW versus WWE is fucking redundant and stupid. The, I think the 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 I mean it's fun, but I think ultimately if you're trying to compare the two companies, it's insane because it would be like. It would be like comparing any two-year-old business to a fifty-year-old business in any industry, 
and saying, oh, well, this one's not making as much money as this one. Mm. Of course they're not. That's, you know, it, that's insane. Like, because they're doing the exact same thing, you know? Like, if, if AEW revolutionized pro wrestling somehow, then, yeah, maybe they could surpass WWE in a couple of months. But they're not going to do that. And Punk and Brian Danielson, to a lesser extent, like, no matter how much money uh, Tony spent on Punk, it's worth every cent because it gets people like my mate Lucas, who hasn't mentioned Lucas, uh, wrestling to me for nine months, go, what's going on with Sam Punk and AEW? And that's exactly outside of like he's Sam Punk and he's a great wrestler and he's a great spokesman and like you can he can train kids and he seems to want to put kids over mm. and all that sort of thing. Um, and Tony Khan just loves him as a guy. Um, he breaks through. He's a name that trends on Twitter. He's a guy that people give a fuck about. So, and it legitimizes as much as, like, you know, I dislike the man. It's like having JR on commentary. When people tune in and they see JR there, they're like, oh, mm. I know this. I'll, I'll check it out. It's about familiarity. It's about um, name recognition. It's about building your brand. It's about breaking through and getting traction, all that kind of stuff. So, if Eric is being for real, which I don't mm. think he is, but if he is, then uh, it would show that his business acumen is exactly as good as where WCW ended up. Also, uh, also I think it's worth noting, um, you know, there, there will be a genuine test of punk potentially, but, you know, right now he's not the champion. When he is the champion, the reason why they're making him the champion is because he is the biggest star that they have. And, you know, the championship, you know, I think Adam Page has had phenomenal matches. Uh, I don't think the storylines have been incredible. Uh, I certainly don't think that Mm. he's felt like, you know, I think Punk MJF probably should have topped the card uh, when he topped it with whoever he topped it with at that point. Um, and, you know, I respect Tony for making the championship the top of every card, but also, you know, he, he's not the main event in a lot of these shows. He just is the main event, if that makes sense. Uh, so that'll that'll yeah. be a challenge for Punk. Punk's consistently been in, in the best storylines on the show. Uh, and I think we can all agree that when it comes to the worst financial contracts of all time, the worst financial contract of all time is... Uh, 1996's Bret Hart contract that Bret Hart that that Vince McMahon thought was so terrible that less than a year after he he inked it, he told Bret to go to WCW and get a different offer. That is clearly financially the worst contract. Hmm. Do you reckon? Absolutely. But hang on. But didn't isn't that because Vince was underpaying Brett? He's paying him like nine million bucks and plus whatever he sold and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of money. Are you talking about the WCW offer to Brett? No, 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 no. The or Vince's offer. The, to well, Brett. Brett signed the twenty year contract and then Vince let him out of it to Right, yeah. yeah go and negotiate further. 
let's just let's just all agree you couldn't make a lot of money with Bret Hart in 1998. I mean, well, you could have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, could have. Yeah, in Canada, if but, you had a Canadian uh, wrestling promotion, Stampede would have made. Dude, he was the hottest. Him and him and Sean were the two hottest fucking wrestlers in WWE when he got screwed. Yeah, but that's not saying a lot. Hey, can I just mention one thing that I really, really liked uh, that was just such perfect fucking heel work in AEW? I know we're going mm. back to AEW. I'm that's sorry. That's okay. But when uh, Dax had his match against Adam Cole, have you watched mm. that yet? Are you up yeah, to date? Yeah. And Dax wore his <laughs> Brett the Hitman heart trunks of the ring and the first opportunity Adam Cole got, he stamped his foot on the ground for Sweet Chin Music. Oh, really? I didn't realise that. That's so like good. Like Sean. That is, uh, that is so great. Such a subtle little thing. Such a subtle little thing. But, like, if you get it, you get it. And if you get it, you're like, what a fucking arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Sean guy. Fuck this. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, I, d- I, yeah, Brett. Well, I would have said Brett and WCW is the biggest financial flop in the sense of like someone investing a lot of money in someone and not getting a huge amount of return out of them. Well, it's been you know Brett after nineteen ninety three, but sure. Um, yeah, but they weren't like in the sense of what Eric's talking about. I would have thought that Eric's deal with Brett is worse than. I mean, there, there's also, anyway, you know, a handful. Punk, punk's headlining. There's a handful of, yeah. uh, of you know, contracts where, like, WWE scooped people up to stop them going elsewhere and paid them to do nothing for a period of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Good Brothers is a insane deal that those guys got. It was something like fucking $2.5 million each for a year. I think they were, I think they only ended up being on the roster for a year and then got um, furloughed. I don't think they were let go of initially and then they were let go, but WWE had to pay them out. God. They ended up, so they got like, they got a million or 1.1 and then had to get another 1.4 each. Which is why they were like, fuck it, we'll go to Impact, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? We'll just top up our superannuation in Impact and, you know, do the occasional thing in AEW and we'll do our stupid, like, podcasts. And- <laughs> They're American. They're not thinking <laughs> about the superannuation. Key- well, you know what I mean, like, for a rainy day. But it was it, that they spent that, what, $5 million on the Good Brothers to keep AJ Styles. It's crazy. Because that. AEW was around and they were sniffing around AJ Styles. So all of those guys got a massive payday just because AEW existed. Well, there we go. We've discovered the least lucrative because I don't think there was a single human being that tuned in to watch uh, the Good Brothers. Look, I like them, man. I think they do good work, especially in Japan. I think they do pretty good work. But, uh, yeah, they're not worth $5 million (laughs) over two years. Uh, yeah, which is crazy. I mean, like that's legitimately Brock Lesnar money, and they were getting the same, <laughs> they were getting around the same cash as fucking Brock Lesnar, like five years ago. Anyway, um, so that's one piece of news. The second piece of news, God, we haven't even got halfway through the news segment. Ric Flair 
is back, baby. He's having his fight. This is genuine. No, seriously, Matt, you don't shake your head. This is his last match for sure. Like he's never going to get in the ring again after this time for sure. Um, nothing's really been announced with this besides the fact that Jim Crockett Promotions is promoting it, um, which is the son of the Jim Crockett. Like it's Jim, Jim Crockett Jr. Um his, we don't really know where it's happening. We don't know who the opponent is. <laughs> but the match has been announced for August, I think, off the top of my head. Um, I have a theory. I think this is already booked and it's Sting. Oh, God. No. I, I, so I heard from a potentially completely unreliable, some random thing I read on the internet said that it was going to be Flair and FTR versus uh, Sting and some other tag team. That's fine if that's what it has to be. Flair has a pacemaker, man. Flair's, Flair's old. I don't want to see Ric Flair take yeah, it up. He's, he's 73. Yeah, Uh I mean that's genuinely. Odd. I don't. I don't want to see. Looks yeah, I don't want to see a seventy-three-year-old alcoholic with a pacemaker take a bump in his undies. Particularly not from a sixty-year-old man who's balding, dressed like Brandon Lee's crow. <laughs> like it can't oh rain God. all the time, yeah. but it'll be raining then. <laughs> <laughs> If uh, if you could pick Rick's opponent, like, well, let's take Sting out of the mix. If you are there, is there anyone else that you could see? Would there be a young person, like a young wrestler, that you would like to see work with with Rick, who could maybe make the match work? Look, I don't want to. I don't want to see Rick Flair in a one-on-one match. I'd like, I, yeah, I'd. Look, if Ric Flair wants to get put through a table, you know, that that's cool. Like, if he wants to be Mae Young, like, that's cool. That was cool that Mae Young did that. It was, uh, you know, it added to storylines. Like, you know, if he wants to rock up on Dynamite and have MJF put him in a sleeper or whatever, like, I'm into that. Uh, you know, does MJF or, you know, someone like him uh, gain anything from beating Ric Flair in their la- in his last match as a seventy three year old? I don't think so. The only way the only way that would work is if Rick was compass enough to be doing, uh, you know, a sell job for an MJF in the sense of like you know he passes the baton to MJF or something along those lines. But I mean. Rick is legitimately fifty years older than MJ. I mean, it just yeah. Like, would it? Would it? Would I, I potentially be into like someone ridiculous doing a like legend killer gimmick in which they, you know, beat seventy three year old Ric Flair, in which they beat elderly Ricky Morton, like these guys that are still hang that are you know still potentially able to. Like, that could be funny in the mid-card, but Ric Flair is not a main eventer right now. And it's... Oh, no. God. And every time he hits but, the mat, this that's is, not fun to watch. 
No. I just want to point out, AEW have nothing to do with this, by the way. Mm. <laughs> it's not like it's got nothing to do with Impact, AEW, New Japan, N- NWA. I, I thought if it was going to show up anywhere, it would be in NWA. Um, but even NWA have gone, no, nah, <laughs> not for us. So my, my answer so to your... this is a completely... My answer to your question then is uh, Roman Reigns. I want to see Ric Flair, Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I mean, this is my answer for everything, but I think Punk could tell a really good story oh, with Ric Flair. But it's in ring. But the, isn't the problem that, like, if CM Punk gets in a ring with Ric Flair, he needs to just beat Ric Flair immediately? Yeah, and then that's when Punk turns heel again. It's like finally I could be my true self. Fuck you all. Fuck you. Fuck Ric Flair. So isn't part of the problem, <laughs> I guess, that. Because of the like allegations about Ric Flair that it's not really a heel move to beat an old pervert. Yeah, that's true. Sam Punk comes out smelling like roses again, even when he doesn't mean Unless to. Sammy Guevara like saves Ric Flair, and then they, you know, that's see that's something. Yeah, that's absolutely Sammy Guevara would be fucking loving Ric Ric Flair's work when it comes to the ladies. Um. Anyway. Let's uh let's move on from that. Um what was we'll go with worst. Let's go with wait and see first. The most mediocre can thing. We, then we'll go can, with worst and we'll go with best. Yeah, okay. So I don't have a lot of wait and see uh because it's kind of hard when I I do sort of remember a lot a lot of this. Um well, we can just make it mid in the in uh in honor of MJF, we can just call it mid. I, I think Chris Jericho is my. Uh, I think he's like the most entertaining presence on the show. I think he's incredible in mm. ring. Uh, you know, I am fascinated to see how they don't capitalize on him being the best because i know the wwe story really well he was not that exciting to me as a kid uh i can't i can't remember it beat for beat but like watching it now i'm like how is this guy not in the main event like if you know he's just phenomenal Hmm. um yeah it is interesting there's a lot of things happening where you're like how did they fuck this up like because you you can see you know on a sort of similar level you can see Booker T starting mm. to really become something as a single star, um, and you're like, well, how do you see? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like you can see it with DDP, you can see it with Booker T, but you didn't see it with Jericho. Like, how can you not? I don't. I, I think the other one that not not to disparage the other two mm. guys because they're obviously great, but Jericho. And I don't feel like we're rewriting the story here. Like I, I liked Jericho a lot at the time. Mm. Oh, he's he wasn't. I mean, I don't. I wasn't sitting around going, "Chris Jericho will be the greatest wrestler of all time." Mm. But it's um, it's so apparent how much of a star he is, right? Like I just, yeah, that that will be interesting to watch to see how Eric fucks this up. <laughs> the 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 other one in that is is I'm fascinated about the Benoit stuff because Benoit leaves. WCW as WCW heavyweight champion. And like he's so far from that mm. here. 
like he's he's phenomenal. Like watching him in ring, like I've I've said this many times, and you know I don't. I am perfectly happy with Bet Chris Benoit not formally existing. Uh, like I think that's a a reasonable thing, and in fact, I think it's the right thing. And you know, probably uh, significantly less than whatever punishment he deserved. But uh, him in ring is like he potentially is. Him and Dean Malenko are probably the greatest in ring workers ever, as far as they have nothing outside the ring. But by goodness, they look like Hmm. they are having real matches that are also enjoyable to watch, unlike UFC, where they're having real matches that are boring as fuck to watch. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, take that, UFC. Um, gotcha. My- <laughs> yeah, fucking gotcha. Uh, my mid or wait mm. and see is the breakup of NWO. Mm. This is something that, like, gets talked about um, all the time of, like, oh, once that happened, that was the death of WCW. But once again, I remember really fucking loving all the different factions. Like, this is, like... I know we kind of started here as a bit of a joke, like it's when Brett shows up and NWO is breaking up and blah, blah, blah. But I'm actually super excited <laughs> to watch all of the factions go head to head because I, not only did I love that, but it's bred this love in me of factions. I think there should be way more factions oh, in yeah. AW, um, like I, and, and more storylines around factions, like people, people sort of seem to have loose allegiances in AW. I want factions. Mm. You know what I mean? Like almost like teams that you can barrack for because you you look in the crowd and it works. People are either team WCW or team um, NWO, mm. and you can you're starting to see a few Ravens flock signs appear in the background. And I'm really interested to see how the story is told because I actually liked the way the story was told across this pay-per-view mm. of the Nash versus Hogan stuff. I really, really enjoyed it, way more than I thought I was going to. Because with the re-watching of this stuff, man, I have not liked NWO anywhere near as much as I did when I was mm. a kid. You know, like when I look at them, I'm like, oh, these guys, <laughs> God, what a bunch of fucking self-centered assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but... Now that they're starting to break up a little bit because it's – what else are they going to do? They can't just, you know, run rush. Oh, I suppose Bullet Club has for the last 14 years in Tokyo. <laughs> but um, I'm just really intrigued. Like I, I think Nash and Hogan have chemistry as feud partners. So I'm – outside of like the cool Wolfpack T-shirts and stuff that are about to appear, yes. which you know we're going to both end up buying a fucking Wolfpack T-shirt by the end of the I podcast. own one. Um, I own one from. Oh, you do I own one, one from nineteen ninety eight. It's a, it was a. Oh man, you should be putting that away. Well, it's a, it's it's not in regular rotation. A red uh, t shirt with the wolf on it. I got it. Uh, I got it, and it was way way too big. It was the only wrestling shirt I had. And then by the time I was big enough to wear it, I was like, I can't walk around with this fucking wolf on my. I look like the kind of person that's like, hey, man, I like wolves. I like uh, peyote. Does anyone else like peyote? And uh, spiritual experiences with someone special. Um. 
I, I think you would look more like the kind of guy I asked for a cigarette at Box Hill Station. <laughs> yeah, wearing you know a bum know? bag. Um, yeah, and when they when they ask, they, it's more a command. <laughs> you got you got smoke for me, bro. I, uh, yeah, I don't have that. I don't. I, I don't have that kind of powerful fellow vibe. Uh, or the kind of I have. Uh, I have a syringe powerful vibe. Fellow. Well, you're quite the powerful fellow, aren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's me as I'm sitting in my bowler cap, uh, you know, ro- rolling a cigarette with my one of those little machines. Um. <laughs> uh, what was the worst part of Spring's Stampede for you? Uh, so I have a... There are a couple of things. Like, look, the... <laughs> The four men, uh, the the tag match of, uh, sorry, the baseball bat on a pole match, which is a bit of a meme, uh, with Hollywood Hogan, Kevin Nash, Roddy (laughs) Piper, and the Giant. Boy, was there some... uh, There was. It's. It's. uh, It is something that was recorded and exists. Uh, that's probably that's that's my <laughs> wrestling downside. Um, you know, it wasn't the main event. It you know, fine. Uh, the other downside I had was the Kurt Henning with Rick Rude defeated the British Bulldog with Jim Neinhart. This is uh, nineteen ninety eight, and all those people are dead. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that's pretty fucking sad. Uh, yeah. The match itself was not good, but they didn't deserve to die. No. That's my statement of the week. No, no. No, that's uh, that's reserved for Cody and MJF. Um <laughs> the <laughs> that kind of vehement hatred. I also had uh Mr. Perfect versus the British Bulldog. I um But you're glad they're dead. We talk about this quite Yeah, I am. As soon as as soon as the British Bulldog put jeans on, I was like, "Fucking, that's it. Get rid of him, universe. <laughs> this is fucked." Uh, I I just want to clarify. I loved the British Bulldog. Like when I first started watching rock and roll wrestling, tag teams were a massive. Vince McMahon used to love tag teams. By the way, I don't know what's happened over the mm. years, but he hit the tag team division in the eighties in rock and roll WWF was awesome. You had the Rockers, you had the British Bulldogs. Heaps of other brain busters were there for a bit. There were like the yeah, there were heaps. Uh, the natural disasters. It was a really fun, insane division, <laughs> and uh, the British Bulldogs I loved, and I especially loved uh, Davy Smith, the British Bulldog, even when he went solo because you know he ended up in the Heart Foundation, all that sort of thing. Um, and this match was just so disappointing. It was the same thing as last time where we had um, Henning versus. Uh, Oh, who was he? Who did he go up against on Nitro that we thought would be a great match? And oh, I was a New Japan guy. Was it Ishii? Was no uh, Nakata? I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I think it was Nakata, and we thought it would be a great match. It was just a three-minute dirge, mm. like the drizzling shits, as Brucey e. P would say. And uh, the, you know, if you said uh, Kurt Henning, Mister Perfect versus the British Bulldog on a pay per view. You'd be like, yeah, man, this will be the match of the night. And it was just so 
like it just felt like an afterthought. I hated how long um, Rick Rude like uh, dragged out the you know the stupid stipulation around the the briefcase and stuff. It was obviously them them trying to get more FaceTime and you know not coming to terms with the fact that they're you know lower mid cards. Also, the, in, on this roster, the, the reality and, was they were, and then the wrestling was just so bad. They were they were the the Hart family or something they were called. Uh, yeah, and it was, but but once again, Brett's. Theoretically, one of the biggest stars, and not theoretically, despite the bashing I give Bret Hart, in 1998, at this point, he is a huge deal. And he's not even... Yeah, he's in the top five stars. In, he's not even coming out with them. That's insane. Yeah, I don't even know why you would... I suppose it could be seen as long-term, long-term storytelling, but are they... You know, is it just like, oh, we're going to have Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect yeah. in the NWO? Like, surely you would have Bret Hart go straight up against Hulk Hogan. Maybe I mean, Bret Hart's my wait and it's, see. It's so bizarre. Yeah, well, I think you're going to be disappointed there, man. Um, but, yeah, that was... I just I, hope I, he's not going to talk about the screw job for 25 years. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We'll uh, let's just put uh, let's just park that one. Um, <laughs> you love it when people say that in a meeting. <laughs> it's so politely dismissive. Let's just park that. Um, <laughs> but it's now like in my bag of tricks. It works so well. We'll, we'll just park that. We'll come back to it later. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I even though that was quite disappointing, there was still this sort of macabre enjoyment of watching it. Like, oh, man, mm. this is so bad, but I'm I'm enjoying it. There wasn't really anything else on the card that I didn't like in some shape or form. Like, I'm not saying that any of these matches were five-star, you know, Brian Danielson versus Hangman <laughs> matches or anything like that. But I, from a presentation and fun pro mm. wrestling standpoint i really enjoyed this pay-per-view and i noticed like in the wikipedia <laughs> in the wikipedia entry for it uh kevin uh pandora of four double one mania gave it a 4.5 out of 10 fuck <laughs> and i'm like that's harsh man i i just and i think that really reflects this narrative of like WCW was good for a year and then everything else they did was shit. Mm. And we know, like, yes, we were fans, but I defy you. If you're a wrestling person, you've got the network, go watch this. Yeah. Or go watch the last hour and tell me that you don't have fun watching Well, we haven't even like, talked about. Is it the best wrestling you're ever going to see? Yeah, we haven't even talked about the like, good stuff. That's a, but, we're at the, yeah. you know, look, is 10 minutes of Randy Savage versus Sting that ends in a disqualification great? Not particularly, but the character works pretty fucking good, and like, it's you know, yeah. If you want to, if you want to watch two hours of this, it's it's two and a half hours. Hard to hard to really criticize that as a as you know, the the end look, and even the end, the last half hour does have Raven and Diamond Raven and Diamond Dallas Page in a Ravens Rules match, which is pretty good for a hardcore match. Like hardcore matches are are what they yeah. are, but Raven's cool and interesting. DDP's cool. Yeah, well, 
<laughs> they both really are at this point. What was your best or favourite moment of the of the baby? So I've got a few things. Um, if you don't mind indulging me, no, no, go for uh, it. The, no, the first course. would be the first about hour is Goldberg defeats Saturn, which I loved. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try and include all. I'm gonna do the first hour as the thing that I I liked, and then uh, try and include everything that I liked in that one hour. Um, you've got Goldberg. Like the presentation of Goldberg was phenomenal in the ring. Yeah, he he's not a technical wizard, but he is a big, beefy, meaty fellow who does. I thought he was much better than I remembered. Yeah, and like but I think is. he's been, like I think his last five years has like tainted him so much for me. I rem- like when I was watching this, I was like, oh, he can actually go a little bit. And and look, Saturn is really really good, and uh, I I thought yeah, it was I true. thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, then you've got Ultimo Dragon with Chavo Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero. The whole point of this match is built around a storyline that Eddie's involved in, where you know Chavo is his. Uh, is his nephew, but he's sort of got him under some kind of uh, contract where he needs to, uh, you know, do as Eddie says or Eddie will, you know, be harder and harder and harder on him and Eddie's intentionally uh, forcing Chavo to lose because Chavo refuses to cheat. Um, The character work's unbelievable. Like, Eddie, just watching Eddie is such a delight Um, and the match itself was great. And then you've got Booker T uh, beating Chris Benoit, which is just great. Like it's a it's a great match, and that's and then you've got Kurt Henning and British Bulldog, which is meh. And then you've got Chris Jericho and Prince Iakea, which is fucking brilliant. Like it's mm. uh it's just a really really strong start to a to a pay per view. Like it's it's the kind of thing you can do when you have a bunch of the best in-ring wrestlers in the world. And, you know, these people had storylines. You can't say the Eddie Guerrero Chavo thing wasn't a story. You know, Booker T, Benoit hmm. wasn't a story. Jericho Iakea wasn't a story. Uh, you know, they were made yeah, to even feel... Goldberg, oh, Goldberg, yeah. Raven's flock is... Yeah, and, and because that build, builds into Raven's story later in the pay-per-view Yeah, as well. just to circle to... to this the start that that the flock the way the flock is presented is so interesting and different even now like you know it these you know Bischoff always says that you know these guys didn't care about anything so how could you you know make them a big deal because they don't care and he just like he very clearly didn't understand, you know, grunge or whatever. They were they were the only thing that was. I know it's nineteen ninety eight. Kurt Cobain's been dead for four years at this point, but mm. like they're the mm. closest thing to being on the pulse that professional wrestling has ever been. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's really true. Um, yeah, I uh, I agree with everything you said. Like I. There isn't I outside of the Henning Bulldog match, I enjoyed every match on the card. All of them for different reasons. Hmm. The one that I know is probably the most famous uh 
match from this pay-per-view just because of the stipulation is the baseball on a pole match because that's become a punchline in wrestling. Yeah. I enjoyed this match. <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> like I think because I grew up watching 80s wrestling, so you've got Hogan and, and Piper in there, so that's always going to, like, wet my whistle. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always going to be like, oh, shit, Piper versus Hogan. You could, like, if if Piper came back from the dead now and wrestled Hogan, I would watch it. Cause, <laughs> I know, mean, I think just... a lot of people would watch that. They'd be like, holy shit, something really strange is happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's who Rick should wrestle is Hulk, finally, for real. You know? No, that would be the absolute. Finally, have the blow up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's the racist versus the sex offender. Uh, but the thing I enjoy, I think the thing that I okay, I've got, I've got a couple of things. So my personal favorite is probably Raven versus Diamond Dallas Page because I love Raven and I thought this match was really good and a real insight into. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, man. Like, the Raven's flock was something that, like, this is 1998, so I'm 17, and I'm like, I think they're cool. Mm. Like, I think they're cool. Like, as far as wrestling gimmicks are concerned, like, these are my guys. Mm. Like, I identify with them. Um, And Diamond Dallas Page is, like, a, a big baby face. So for Raven to beat him, I thought it was cool. And then just, like, as, a, as an older wrestling fan now, realizing, like, oh, their Goldberg's going to kill him yeah. <laughs> like the next night because they're like, make sure you tune in tomorrow night on Nitro to see Raven lose to, I mean, <laughs> Raven uh, fight Goldberg for the, <laughs> for the United States Heavyweight Championship. Um, but I again, I thought this was good booking because it protects DDP mm. a bit as well. Like, yeah, okay, he takes the loss here, but he doesn't get the belt and then get well, it gives you the, killed by Goldberg him, the next you know, night. So I thought... It yeah. lets you say, look, DDP's a... Raven's a, a mid-carder, a good mid-carder, and there's no shame in that. DDP's a main eventer. At some point, they're going to, you know, there's going to be a DDP-Goldberg match that we can build to and that, you know, will hopefully draw money. Do you ever watch these shows and sort of hope that the end of WCW is going to be different and that we're going to discover it's still going? Because <laughs> that's sometimes <laughs> yeah. how I feel. It is. It is on TNT and TBS on Wednesday and Friday nights. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I do in my little head. I just I just imagine like nothing changed. I just didn't watch wrestling for 20 years and then I tuned back in and it was still going. They just changed the name to AEW. It is, uh, it is shocking how, I don't know about you, but like I was not expecting to like Goldberg in the way I like Goldberg. It's like I think he's really cool. Now, watching, like watching him Oh, now, no, like watching him in 1998. at the time. At, in not, in, at the time, I thought he was amazing. Then I became... Uh, a genius of pro wrestling. I've been knighted for it, as we all know. Uh, mm, that's true. And 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 I was like, oh, it's going to be nonsense. And it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like because he he's lightning in a bottle in one sense, but he was also packaged and booked mm. well. You know, like people again. It's one of those things where people are like, oh Goldberg, like, uh, every week it was like a hundred more wins. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, that's because he was beating a hundred people a week, but but it worked, right? Like it worked. Like by this stage, 
when his music hits, people lose their fucking mind, mm. and it's the opening match of the pay per view. Like, you can say what you want, the 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 proof is in the pudding when you watch the pay per view. That like, whoever is doing all the booking here, whether it's uh, Eric on his own or Eric in collaboration with people like Nash and whoever, um, they're doing a good job because. The stadium, I mean, the stadium's got close to 8,000 people in there. And when Goldberg's music hits, they all lost their mind. Mm. So, but yeah, for me personally, I know it's dumb. I, I don't think it's the best match, but I really enjoyed Hogan and Nash versus Piper and the Giants. <laughs> uh, I, I just thought it was so dumb and great. And sort of all the things that pro wrestling, all the things that I enjoy about, like, it, you know, I, I love great workers like i really love in-ring technicians and that's a a lot of the reason why i love AEW and watching japanese wrestling but i do miss because i don't really watch wwe anymore i do miss the big dumb spectacle that they can do really well Mm. and i think wcw did pretty well at the time and that's what this match is so when i get to watch these matches now i think i really relish it it's like Having a Big Mac every six months and being like, "Oh, that was pretty. That was pretty tasty." Yeah, every six months. Um, I know it was terrible. I know it was terrible for me, but uh, <laughs> but what I ultimately liked was the overall storytelling. Mm. That like the half the story was told in this match, and then like the kind of I suppose like the epilogue was uh, was told in the the Savage versus Sting match. And I thought I would actually be really disappointed to watch Sting lose the championship, but because of the storyline around it with the NWO, I didn't mind it. And you're like, Sting's a big enough star that he can take that loss. It doesn't mm. it doesn't hurt him, right? Like, as long as you're not booking him to lose every championship match that he has, which I think is probably what happens over the next he's, two he's years. He's not going to end up um, spending the next 15 years wrestling on a soundstage in Orlando against <laughs> High Jeff Hardy, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> guys? Guys? <laughs> oh. uh, all right. So, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I'm going to get a full I'm going to get a full soundboard in here. <laughs> I know you hate it. I can see no, how no, much no, you no. I just I just want you to do the <laughs> As, as long as you have the uh, Benny Hill theme so we can chase each other uh, appropriately. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure both of our respective partners would love that at 10 o'clock at night, us running around in our respective offices. <laughs> what the fuck is going on in there? Can you just finish up and shut up so I can go to sleep? Uh, we uh, We have to check in with Raw, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, we, no, oh, no, we're, we're not because it's a pay per view. There's no, no, no roar. There's, there's no. There's no opposite. Just was what it was. Oh, it sucked in Vince. I enjoyed this, man. I really. I thought it was a fun ride. You thought I wasn't going to enjoy. I wasn't expecting this. much. Yeah, I didn't think you would. I thought you would be like the. I thought you'd be like the fucking pole on a, the baseball bat on a pole match is fucking dumb. It was and the Goldberg match was shit and. Uh, Mr. Perfect is shit. I thought I thought you would be a lot harsher than. Nah, I just I really like. But it. we kind of had the same opinion. Yeah. So anyway, thanks thanks for listening. Uh, we'll continue to share the same opinion. 
<laughs> the, look, Bret Hart um, is going to appear really soon, and that that's that's when we sizzle <laughs> as a duo. <laughs> that's when that's when we end. when Bret Hart gets brought that's, up. That's when the show ends. When you know, <laughs> this is going to be real hard for me to watch. Is to to like I think I've repressed it. Is to watch the fucking downward spiral of my greatest hero in wrestling. <laughs> You've repressed. <laughs> Why it. did I sign up to this? And it's the only Bret Hart I know. <laughs> That's my favorite charlatan song. Um, how's that for a niche reference? If any of our listeners get that, please tweet me just so I know that there was one person who was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool, let's, r- let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, there's been a few people tuning in again. Um, so we appreciate that now that we're doing the WCW stuff. This will be monthly, um, just so like we don't get burnt out doing it. But um, yeah, also like it allows us to, to. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's coming out monthly. You don't guys, you don't need to know why we're doing it monthly. Um, but thank you for supporting us. Until next time, may your wrestling be good wrestling, and good night. <laughs>